Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the incredibly talented, amazingly insightful and super humble Becky Webb. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now, if you were listening to last week's episode with Thomas, all about uh, is improv really for everybody, uh, I apologize for the dip in audio quality on the intro and outro, but I was having some mic issues and I didn't realize it until uh, it was too late. Uh, but hopefully that's all sorted uh, for this week and you are hearing me in the, the best possible quality that you can. But that's enough from me. It's now time to go off script and find out Becky's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Becky. Welcome, Becky. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, well, I'm super excited to have you on the show and to uh, find out all about you and your improv journey. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, welcome. How are you today? Uh, yeah, good, good. All the better for talking to you. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, I always like to start these things just by jumping straight into improv and asking, how did you get involved in improv comedy? Oh, okay, so... Um, I studied drama at university, it was a college university, and um, obviously improv is very much a, this is what you do as part of being an actor kind of thing, but it, it was never really at the forefront. Yeah. Um, I then got into physical theatre and clowning, and then that's for me where it kind of sort of started to sort of creep in, that idea of spontaneity and yeah and discovery and things like that um and that was down in Bristol where that developed so my first ever sort of improv group was in, in Bristol just before I moved back to Liverpool okay hot air baboons um, <laughs> yeah it was sort of like just before I moved back so when I moved back to Liverpool which is about eight years ago I'm like it's about six months ago <laughs> about eight years ago I think it was like 2013 um I sort of came back up with a sort of street theatre background and clowning, so there's a lot of improvisation sort of there. Um, but yeah, I started working with a group called Impropriety, and it sort of took off from there, really, in terms of like improv comedy. Um, okay. Typically that kind of style, and yeah, so since about 2013. Nice one. So with the with the physical theatre and the clowning. Well, how did that come about as an opportunity? Oh, well, so my second year at uni, uh, I did a show and it was very different. It's called The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So it's based on the film. Um, a lot of German expressionism, very student vibes, <laughs> <laughs> like lots of like um, kind of madcap stuff. And from there, I was like, oh, this is the kind of work that I like, though, like you know, very physical, physical storytelling, not overly cerebral um not sort of like line heavy it wasn't dialogue heavy or anything like that yeah 
and there was an apprenticeship in Liverpool um, called Hope Street Limited and it had a really great reputation um, for doing physical theatre and I was like that's what I want to do when I leave that that's where I want to go that's my next step that's where I need to be but the funding got cut the year that I did it so it was part-time it wasn't full-time and the opportunities weren't as as good as they used to be and then I found a flyer for a school in Bristol called Circumedia and I was like this is what I want to do so <laughs> I then was like yeah I'm gonna go and it was a one-year course and you um so it was like a sort of private diploma so it wasn't like three years yeah. or anything and in July I was like went to the audition my audition was hilarious because I went like I'm gonna do clowning and stuff and you had to do this fitness test with like trapeze <laughs> I was an absolute show the, the conditioning tutor sort of looked at me like hmm <laughs> okay all right then <laughs> um but I managed to get on I think my old shoot from Hope Street sort of <laughs> and was like She'll try really hard. She'll work really hard. Just give her a chance. <laughs> and so they took me on. But because it was one year, they were like, yeah, you won't have time to work. It's too physical. Um, you, you And you need to pay for all your accommodation and all your fees up front. And this is in wow. line. It's kind of October. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't. So deferred for a year. And then by which time it changed to a two-year foundation degree. Oh. So, yeah, it became affiliated, which was great. I, I got a little bit of, um, I think I got like a maintenance loan or something, or a bursary, which helped, um, but like not not loads. And um, so I had to get two jobs. But it meant that I could actually work those two jobs and do the course, which, I mean, I don't recommend you do. I don't recommend you do a full-time physical <laughs> Do not do that, whatever you do. Um but yeah, so it was like, okay, two years then, that's what I'm doing. And um, so that's where I've sort of really started to to sort of hone those skills and develop those skills and and climbing since it's just been doing whatever courses, wherever I could, could do them and, and working towards it. So yeah, that's Bristol was my uh, home from home for that really. So yeah. it's, it, it's interesting that the phrase clowning around sort of, uh, gives the image of people just messing about and not actually doing a lot of work, whereas to actually clown around takes a lot of work. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obviously it's fun and joyful, but the skill um, that it sort of takes and it's it's just yeah, and there's there's lots of different kind of elements to it as well, different different styles. You've got your simple red nose clown. And be sort of be fun clown as well, and just even also just like theatre clown, circus clown, the yeah. different sort of strands of it. But at the heart of it is the play, the pleasure, the joy, the humanity um, within that. If they're the sort of main sort of aspects of it that I think are really really important for me anyway. For the people might be like, nah, <laughs> this is very much just my sort of thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, it because you're thinking of just like so many different things at the same time. It's sort of like your clown sort of state, you know, monologue of that, but also yeah. the audience, also where things are and, and physically as well. <laughs> <laughs> all while making it look like you're not thinking of anything at all. <laughs> so it's 
yeah, it can be a bit um, full on. So you're thinking with your own normal brain, but you're also thinking with the clown's character brain at the same time. Yeah, so it's sort of, you see it more for me as like a state. Um, okay. Rather than so much a character, rather than it's just a sort of real just state of being of, okay. of joy and discovery and and, um, and and play and pleasure and looking sort of for those kind of things and just sort of, you know, like, where's it going to go? What's it, what's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Well, and, you know, just sort of reacting to to what to what is there and things like that, which, yeah, as well as also, you know, always having that slight, ah, but then this prop is over here and I have to get that and then I have to <laughs> need to be doing this and that audience member over there, oh, and that thing has just happened and something's fallen over so I can't ignore that and <laughs> there is that element as well. Yeah. Keeps so, you busy. Keeps <laughs> you busy. Now, something, something I learned from you in a course that you did for LCI a while back was that the art of being a clown is to actually focus on the subtleties. Whereas I think most people think of clowns being very over the top. Uh, so I found it really interesting to learn to focus on the subtle movements. So how deep into your training were you taught that side of things? Um, I think from pretty much, I think the get go is very much that kind of idea of do less. Just, just do less. And then my tutor at Circle Media was so wonderful. It'd be like, it's kind of light but heavy, sort of like um, <laughs> day but night, um, sort of less but more, the more less but more, like let do less, do less but but more of that. And so you're sort of like, what? Um, but a lot of it being like, do less, start from nothing, just start from nothing, and then build from there, and the the idea again you're infinitely more interesting than you can ever think possible if you are yeah. a performer and just there with us um my favorite phrases is 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 be interested not interesting and if it's like if you're interested and engaged and present with your audience you will find what you need to find yeah um and that game will come and and, and that that joy and that pleasure will be there and you you can build sort of organically it's sort of like again an organic improv it's like one word suggestion okay we've got that one word we just start with that one tiny thing and we we go from there rather than trying to bring trying to bring lots of stuff you've got lots of you know you have things in your back pocket where it's like oh I know I can bring out this little object or I know I've got a latte I can do with a tie and a jacket I can yeah. go with that but it you sort of just start with you and that's all you need to begin and that's pretty much, yeah, from the, the get-go. And it's not easy. <laughs> sort of a child, it's not easy because, oh, yeah, it took a long time. <laughs> it took a long and, um... time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it, it's, it, it, it's tough. It's tough to do. I'm not going to like, yeah, just, just, just be present. Just do nothing. It's like, God. <laughs> I remember feeling that, going like, oh, having to sort of come on. And I'm like, no, get off. Come on, no, get off. <laughs> what am I doing? And was there like a specialist area that you had as a clown? So I've got a cousin who is a trained clown. And back when she was uh, doing that, 
she was more often than not doing things that involved her walking on stilts or doing trapeze acts or fire breathing. Uh, did you have specific skills to to you as a clown? Um, well, so part of my training was you had to do two specialisms. So mine was physical theatre and acrobalance. So oh. And obviously doing stilt walking as well. That's sort of kind of part of your bread and butter, really, is, is sort of doing stilt walking gigs, roller skating gigs. Um, you roller skated as a giant Christmas bauble at the Harrods Parade. Um, <laughs> like, it's great, you got free pastries. Um, but it was like half an hour. Um, yeah, so you do all those sort of random jobs and stuff. Um, but a lot of people, so the, the choices that you could do at Circa Media were like acrobalance, physical theatre, trapeze, and E&M, which is echolabristics and manipulation, so sort of juggling or, okay. or things like that. So you can use, have those skills, and those skills I think can complement your clowning, but I don't necessarily feel that you need those skills as such, but... Anything that you have, I think you can bring mu- music if you play music and things like yeah. that. Really, sort of do that. I remember someone once saying that they only needed to sort of learn basic trapeze because they were then just going to clown on the trapeze. And it's like, no, in order to be able to clown on the trapeze, you need to be really good at trapeze <laughs> to be able to then do that. And it's like Les Dawson is a, a really good example of that. Of he would. Uh, uh, come on telly and, and play the piano really badly yeah you can't play the piano it's like no les dawson can play the piano <laughs> extremely well yeah. that's why he can do that and it's those kind of things where it's like to make something look like you're not doing it well you have to be able to do it really, really well <laughs> sort of like that's the sort of the myth there um but yeah mine is is much more i mean yeah the stilt walking came about where it's just, I think every kid out of, out of circus school is a bit like, okay, stilts is a really good way of earning <laughs> some money. Um, and that's where we all started. It was like, can we get our equity cards really quick, please? Because we've got gigs coming up. <laughs> so it was like, that That was great. But um, yeah, I never got into fire. I never got, I thought that was probably safest for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a mad respect for people that do. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll leave that to uh, to non clumsy people. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned you did all that training and then you moved back up to Liverpool. Mm. And what was the name of the troupe? Sorry, that you said you got involved with. It was Impropriety. Impropriety. So were they a troupe that already existed and you joined, or did you help set them up? No, they already existed. So they started pretty much was in 2010 uh, no that is a lie <laughs> an eight capital of culture uh, okay cool um, um, yeah so that was started by Angie waller trev fleming uh, rosie wilkinson and ian, ian hales and um, um paul robinson as well and they did in this sort of narrative improv style so they did an improvathon so there's a company in canada um called Dynasty, based in Edmonton, who are brilliant, and I recommend everyone check them out. Um, and they do an improvathon, which obviously they do them all over the world now. It's, they have them in London, Dublin, uh, Australia, um, all over the show. And it started for Dynasty as a fundraiser for their actual season, um, where they would do 50 hours of, of narrative improv. So it would be... Um, 
like one hour, 45 minutes of a show, 15 minute break, one hour, 45 minutes, 15 minute break, one hour, 45 minutes. And you just do that for 50 hours. Um, <laughs> five or 50. And I know the guys are in Pride. He did it for the however minutes, how many minutes were in 2008. So oh, okay. 33 hours or something like that. And it from there, like every year they'd add on like another minute. Um, so as the year goes on, it's, you know. And um, yeah, so I joined then, and the Improvathon was like a real sort of yearly sort of fun thing to do, which was was great. So essentially, bring a character. There's a theme, and Rosie would um, direct the scenes, which is great. So <laughs> Rosie would spend thirty hours in a chair, basically having to stay awake and um, direct all the scenes because we got to move about a little bit, but Rosie was pretty much. <laughs> doing all the thinking stuff <laughs> around and, uh, and messing about and stuff like that um, which was great fun and so it was more like narrative long form uh, as a yeah. stuff which was great um, yeah so that's so I, yeah, I very much joined then they were cool happening, they were happening. <laughs> so Early on from your improv journey, then you were sort of experiencing more than just short form. You were finding out all the other types of improv. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think really I started with long form rather than short form. Um, obviously, I sort of knew of knew of short form. <laughs> uh, I knew what it was, um, but yeah, I started with long form before actually getting into any kind of short form stuff which for me always makes short form quite fun and exciting because I'm always like yeah let's let's do some short form stuff <laughs> um I enjoy it feels like a real sort of fun there's always a that sort of myth of or that that, that for want of a better word snobby viewpoint that long form is the advanced version of short form which I don't really agree with at all i think they're two very different types yeah and yes i think doing short form will give you a long form advantage because short form gets you to there's rules already embedded in in the game yeah gilliam puts it really really well in that with short form the game's already baked in but with long form we discover the game together yeah Um, Michelle Gillen of uh, Improv MK just gonna uh that was I was like that's a really good way of putting it (laughs) so I'm like I love that quote um and I think short form has a lot of benefit to be able to then for you to use within scenes but short form isn't just oh let's just mess about and just do daft games it's like no you still need to do like really good improv and think about like scene work and, and the yes and and the who what where and the you know the heightening and emotion yeah still all there in, in short form it's like it's not a a sort of easy cop out or anything like that and I, I sometimes feel it gets a bit labeled like that and I don't think that's very fair um is my, is my thing this <laughs> <laughs> moment there <laughs> But I love short form. I'm I'm a big short form guy, and I I've done a little bit of long form, and I'm I'm doing more and more as as time goes on. But my heart is very much always going to be with short form. That's what I enjoy. It's the silliness, and I think it's that shorter time. It's the pressure 
to sort of create that complete scene in a much shorter time. Because in long form, you know, you're going to get a bit more time and flesh it out a little bit. But I like that challenge of um, trying to give a complete story in a very short space of time. Yeah, I, th- I think and it's great that idea, you know, it, it's hitting point and you, the audience, the expectations of the audience are as well. Like we we want to laugh and we want to laugh a lot and we want to laugh quick. And we, that's what we're here for. And it's, yeah. And that's what they expect. It's like, yeah, you have to to hit that and you have to. And that's a challenge as well. Um, it's not just a, oh, yeah, we can just not worry about it because we know what the game is. It's like, no. <laughs> And I think because it is labeled improv comedy, at least with the short form, you know, you, you're very much trying to hit the, the comedy side of things. Yeah. So, and <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, the lay person thinks, oh, yes, it's comedy. I should be laughing. Um, because I still remember the very first night I was introduced to you was at the LCI show at the Hope Theater. And I was there having only experienced short form. And I was in the opening sort of group of LCI members. And then we watched Broken Chair, we watched Boss Birds, and we watched Sex, Lies, and Improvisation. And I was blown away by all of it because it was completely brand new to me. And I was just watching all of this incredible stuff unfold before my eyes. And I had no idea that this sort of thing even existed. And some of it was really deep and intense. And I was like, well, that wasn't funny at all, but it was really good. That's and that's I think what I love about improv and even clown as well is like how varied it can be and how valid each each one is. Like you know, whatever style of improv interests you, then go down that route and do that and do that well and do that to you know as as much as you can and and to the level that you you, you want to get to. Like you're valid in that, whether it's short form narrative, game of the scene, you know, whatever kind of thing it is. Do do it. Do, do you <laughs> in that? Um, it's like with, with with clown. Clowns are really poignant and 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 heartbreaking. And it's like you, it's not all just sort of one note. That's the whole point. Is where where do you want the what journey do you want that audience to go on? And it's there yeah. You learn like the musicality of it, basically. <laughs> the musicality of it Ian this is me pretending that I know anything about music but I'm like, to me it makes sense if I see the musicality <laughs> you might be like what is she talking about <laughs> uh, and when did you get involved in teaching the physical theatre and that side of improv well I've really been interested in teaching for a long time I've done clown for for a fair while, and it and it was that thing of okay, and I never had the sort of there's always that imposter uh, sort of complex that sort of comes in with the back again. Oh, I'm do that, and it, there was a lot of it going. I don't know if I want to teach yet until I fully know how I feel about it. Yeah, what is my standpoint on this, and what do I feel like? What does it actually mean to me? I don't want to just be sort of regurgitating someone else's viewpoint on on something. Which you can, sometimes you can see that you can sometimes see a, a workshop as a repetition of someone else's kind of ideas. Yeah, um, like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I want to, even though a lot of the exercises, I'm like, I'll use you know that kind of idea. It, I know that what I'm teaching and what I'm thinking about comes from what I sort of genuinely feel. 
and it took me about 10 years to get to go. <laughs> I think I might. I think I've sort of got this idea now of what I want it to be. And then my sort of friend and mentor, um, Angela DeCastro, was um, one of the best. I mean, she always gives me like the best pieces of advice. She's, she's brilliant. Um, they're brilliant. And uh, they were like, teach what you want to learn. And I was like, ah, oh, yes, with that idea of, you're always going to be on that kind of journey with it and you know by teaching you're always going to learn from your students and you're always going to be yeah people and all that kind of stuff so I've started teaching a lot like kids and kids young people <laughs> um and yeah so sort of a lot of like drama and after school clubs and things like that but I was like actually I really want to teach either young adults and adults and, and really sort of develop yeah. that kind of stuff. So um I kind of sort of a, a few I've a few years ago started doing the odd workshop, but I guess that pan the pandemics made me go, actually if you want to do this, if this is something that you're interested in doing, then do it and go for it. And cool. I'd say it's something started, yeah, doing more online and then going no actually yeah I really like this I, I do want to do this and, and this is valuable to me and something that I really care about so I'd say since getting out of lockdown it's certainly something that I'm like no I really want to do this more um so yeah that was a really convoluted answer I'm so sorry <laughs> I don't even know if I've answered the question <laughs> I'm so sorry it's okay but an existential chat and then was like yeah, so quite recently, really. <laughs> <laughs> but you did hit on something there, which uh, is very interesting. And I, so I'm a teacher and I always believe when, as a primary school teacher in particular, I have to teach a lot of different subjects. Mm -hmm. And some of those subjects I personally care very little for uh, <laughs> and do not enjoy, but I have to seem like I'm enjoying everything. Um, but when I'm actually teaching something that I do enjoy, I I really feel the love for the teaching then because I can really just come away from the books or the screen or whatever it is I'm using to help me teach and I can just give my, my experience and my sort of way of seeing things and just really take the children on a journey with me. And sometimes when I can do that, I've had a good day in the classroom when I'm not just going through the motions and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I – I actually care a lot about this and I'm excited to give this part of me to the children. And I think you touched on that when you were saying about teaching, teach what you enjoy. Yeah. And it, cause, yeah, I've been a part all respect for that. Cause that is a hard job. <laughs> I was like, that is hard. Like, <laughs> it's never been an easy job, but I think as well, since Michael Gove and um, Gavin Millicent and all, you know, that kind of thing, I think it's, teaching has just been made harder and harder and harder for those teaching and yeah I know people say doing a PGC is the hardest thing they've ever done in their life mm -hmm. like these are people that I know that are like the most academic people and they're like no you you've got no idea doing a PGC yeah hard work and so like mad respect for that <laughs> well 80 percent of newly qualified teachers um quit within the first five years of teaching that tells you everything you need to know about teaching i think yeah and 
I didn't, but I think, yeah, the, you know, getting, because that was the thing as well. It's like, what frustrates you got, the teachers know what they're doing. They're the ones <laughs> doing this every day with these kids. And I've got all of this experience. I'm, I just want everyone to sort of like Sydney Poitier and to say with love and just like throw the box in the bin and be like, yeah. I'm just going to teach you this. And I'm like, so yeah, the fact that you get, you know, I, I imagine, I'm going to imagine that that's what you're like here when you teach the lessons that you love, that you're just like, this is how we're learning today. And that gives yes. me hope. <laughs> it's very much, uh, I, like before COVID, I would always teach with my door closed. I have to have it open these days. Um, and the reason I would teach with my door closed is because I always feel like I'm always doing things in a way that I shouldn't be doing it. And I didn't want to get caught out. But I, I, the, the results I'm getting are great. Children are having a great time. I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing, but I'm not doing it the way other people are doing it. And therefore, I have a bit of... Uh, bit of a complex about that because of the way I got into teaching it was an unusual route and so I always feel like um I do things differently but I see teaching as you know I went to school I know what I liked in teachers I know what I wanted my teacher to be so when I fell into my work in schools I was like I treated it a bit like an acting role I was like oh well that's what I think a teacher should be like so I'll just be like that and then it turns out a lot of the time that's not what teachers are actually like um, but you're supposed to be like this completely uniformed in the box, right? You may have that special skill, but the other teacher in that department doesn't have that special skill. So we need to bring you into line. So the children in both of the classes are getting the same experience. Whereas I've always been like, but if I've got these skills, those children should just benefit from what I can give them. And then the children in the other class will just benefit from the extra bits that that teacher can give them. And we should play to our strengths. Yes completely like I totally here for all of that like my junior school I went I thought for me we were, I was like, it was such a good school we were the greenest school in Great Britain UVAM uh, <laughs> viewers <laughs> but we were like doing we had a bottle bank we were planting trees um we created a back cave we were very like environmentally conscious and our head teacher was an artist and we would have Friday afternoon, you could get on stage and just do anything you wanted and creative. We had to learn, we'd clip through the fountain pen. You weren't allowed to use biro unless you wanted to doodle with it and you could draw with it. Okay. We were given art lessons and painting and play. Oh, it was a real art sort of heavy school, but also with a sort of academic focus as, as well. But it was very much that each teacher was an individual. Um, like Mr. Jones was a beekeeper and had bees and would bring his honey in. And um, Mrs. Simpson was amazing. She was just like Angelica. She's like Angelica Houston. Um, <laughs> always was the letters and, and we came to school. But we would, you know, there would be so much stuff there. We would learn about the cultures and things like that. It was so at the forefront of like being aware of what is beyond and what, what is out there and it was celebrated each teacher as an individual was a real thing to be celebrated and you wanted to be taught by that teacher to be like I want to know all these kind of things and yeah it was so valuable and I credit that school with with so much of who I am and so I think I'm like keep doing what you're doing here <laughs> like yes, you don't stop even with your door open <laughs> yeah I'm like yes here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so as an improviser and as a teacher in the improv world, you've got an excellent reputation and <laughs> you have indeed. So that comes 
and you know you only get good reputation when you're good at something so I, well i don't know really what i'm trying to say here but how does it feel to be respected at, for what you do i guess is what i'm trying to say oh wow we're going red <laughs> so my, my camera makes me look very washed out but oh it's quite um well thank you that's very it's very kind um thing to say I'm a bit late <laughs> um it feels amazing to think that that would be true that that would be a thing but obviously it's something as well that I'm like that's something I need to I suppose try and hold on to and understand that that's from being true to myself and that's not a given and a guaranteed and I owe people to 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 keep oh I'm so like thrown I'm so I'm like oh. <laughs> I'd say it feels great but it it it's still important for me to keep being honest and true to who I am and yeah it's not something to sort of rest on or to settle on and it's 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 great to feel that okay maybe I'm on the right track maybe I I am doing the right thing and I'm where I sh- where I should be and, and doing what I want to do and, and that's wonderful and, and it's great to keep going but it's like there's a responsibility to myself and to other people to make sure I don't sort of like be like oh well boxed off <laughs> it's sort of like going that that's great and I sort of you know there's no art is not a solo endeavor you know none of this is a solo thing and it's very yeah people responding to to what I'm doing and also guiding me through that and it's always about learning and keeping on learning if you think that you've stopped learning then it's like you may as well get off now because you're done. <laughs> yeah um, so yeah and it feels <laughs> I'm speak loud. Like, like, how to make someone completely <laughs> she talks a lot um but something that I, I appreciate as an improviser is when I take a class with someone like you, I'm not the sort of person that necessarily reads up on improv and, and really looks into why this happens and, and how that works because you know, I, I'm very tied up in my job and for me, I'll go and do the improv as a way of forgetting about things. So I don't have the time necessarily to read up on it, but I love when I can take a class with someone like you and all of a sudden you can... Uh, sort of make sense of some of the things I'm doing that I don't necessarily think about. I just do. And then you're able to break it down and, and I'm, I can just go, Oh yeah, I get that now. I see, I see why I do that. So it's really cool that you can pass on your teachings um, to people like me that don't necessarily have the time to go off and, and learn it all, but we really love doing it. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, I, I guess that the end really is, 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 everyone is a universe of one and as an individual and part of it is that I'm not here to tell people how to do something I'm not here to go like this is how you do clown this is how you do improv it's like no no <laughs> it's like these are things that I found out on my journey and here share them and take what you want and some and take and leave what you don't and part of that is, is me as a teacher going well who are you who are you as a point and what kind of performer and improviser do do you want to be in because it's already there in the room? Do you know what I mean? Like, see, yeah, be more interesting than everything possible. And and my job is to to help you just find what you want, and that's the sort of 
the most important thing for me. I think that was the benefit of of being Mason at Circa Media. We we never no one left Circa Media being like a oh you can tell they're a Circa Media performer kind of thing. It, it Bim was really interested in, in creating autonomous performers and being like, okay, well, if this is who you are and what you want to do, make that clearer and make yeah. this more defined because that will lead more. If this is what you want to do, then do that more. It wasn't like you all need to be doing this thing more and you all need to be saying this thing more. Unless it was mask. That was the only time he was very, very specific about what we were doing wrong. Um, that was the one thing where we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> we need to go back to the drawing board. Other than that. Um, and I took that away. It's like, it's like going, I, I, yeah, I'm not here to tell people this is how you need to be and you need to be in this kind of form. It's who are you and what, and what do you want and how can, how can I help you get there? Um, and hopefully I, I can. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, but... <laughs> I can try. Um, yeah, so I think that's where I come from with it all. Cool, because there's people like me that I, I do get opportunities sometimes to teach sort of improv to children and things, but because I'm a person that relies so much on just it coming sort of naturally without thinking about it, sometimes it can be hard to then explain that to others. But when I could pick up little tips from, from people like you on courses, it's really useful because... I can then analyze it and I've had that great experience without having to go off and read up on it and, and do all that side of things. But I, I, I did a, a course with you recently in, in real life and we were doing this thing where we had to, we, we would randomly choose the number and then we had to create that character at that number level. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm this character. So that's what I, I need to portray this number. This is what I'm going to do. But I didn't really overthink it. I just got up and I did it. And then you broke it down and you were like, you did this thing and you did that thing. And I was like, oh yeah, I was just in my head. I just said, be that number. And I didn't give it any thought. So to have it broken down to me really helps me if I'm going to do that with someone else. And and that's that's what's good is that what I like is that then how that speaks to you then you can take that on board and that makes sense to you and then you can pass it on just yeah in a way that speaks because like you're saying with the you enjoy teaching things that you like and you enjoy and you're going to pass on things in that way and it's like if you enjoyed that moment in in the workshop that I did that then you're going to be able to tell that story to someone else in a way that will help them and that's what I think is the the beauty of teaching yeah is you know you'll be engaged with it and be like yes that and you know to be able to do that for people is 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 pretty amazing and and wonderful so i'm glad i'm glad you got something out of it that's that's always like as much as it's like where's the comedy and comedy improv it's like where you want people to be getting something out of (laughs) when you take a workshop that's quite important (laughs) And I noticed during the pandemic, I was seeing your name everywhere. It was uh, Becky Webb's on tour, Becky Webb's running a workshop here, Becky Webb's taking part in this show. How did you make that, or when did you make that decision to just sort of embrace the online improv world and just say, I'm going to go fully into this and, you know, just get involved with everything that I can? Um, Because I'm a gannet. (laughs) 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 It was... I guess it just sort of snobbled and it was very much a just say yes and work it out later. Okay. Um, which is, I think, my my attitude almost to a fault. So where you go, sometimes you can say no and yeah. um, that's okay. But I, 
it came from being in lockdown by myself. I lived on my own. Okay. And still pretty much do. And just having that way to connect with people and then finding out you, not only can you connect with people, but you can connect with people all over the world and embracing that idea of improvising with people that you never would have had that chance to had it not been for this uh, pandemic. Yeah. And sort of embracing the joy in that and being like, this is this is wonderful. And yeah, I think it was just sort of trying to sort of say yes to as many things and be like, this is, this is awesome. And yeah, really, really loved it. And just, yeah, finding people that you never would have met any any other way. Yeah. Real magical thing. And, and yeah, it's, it's it's been great. Yeah, and just, just saying yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're a member of Boss Birds. Mm-hmm. How, how has it been keeping the troop going during this period? I think it is harder. I know I've been sort of, as things start to open up now, especially like with Christmas, um, because obviously it's sort of doing stilt walking and, and street theatre, this is the time. Yeah. Like, sort of trying to latch on to with things opening, going, okay, this might be our only window of opportunity to, to get and do work. So there's been a lot of, you know, just got to take the work because I'm really <laughs> sorry. And it gets, you'd think the fact that we're all in the same time zone would actually make it easier. But I, I think in a lot of ways it doesn't always my <laughs> <laughs> hours are very antisocial compared to yeah everyone. i'm like daytime is fine and if I'm like, that's not a regular thing becky <laughs> yeah <laughs> and with the, with the work that you mentioned do you do statue work i did do yeah in the past a lot when i was in bristol yeah living statue um which i like doing living statue actually we enjoy it a fair bit um the only Thing being is sometimes you you've got to keep focused otherwise you'll just yeah be like oh no I'm back. Do you ever get people sort of in your face really trying to distract you? Um, not too much actually. Not as much as perhaps you would expect. Okay. Um, because you'd be surprised at how much it freaks people out. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so a lot of people are a bit like, oh, I, I don't, I don't like it because obviously you'll be there still, and then. You'd be still, but then you do like a movement and then it, when, when you move people are like oh no I don't, I don't sort of want that because they think you're all of a sudden just going to jump out at them <laughs> um, but yeah you, you it, it really does sort of throw people especially like stilts and things like that that it, that can really there are some people that are like no don't like it don't, <laughs> don't want to do that and there is some that uh, the polystyrene spheres characters always, I think, got more bother because we were on roller skates and uh. a giant polystyrene sphere. So you'd be on roller skates and your center of gravity would be all over the show because you're wearing a giant. <laughs> um, and I think people really saw the challenge in that of like, can we push this person over? So they were the ones where we got um, more of a aggro, as it were. Um, and once almost roller skated into a child in a shopping centre in Orpington oh. because it was like that that uh, slick tiled floor and I was on an incline and I was like, oh, just building. And it was sort of just getting to the end of the, the hill, but this kid just ran out in front of me to the point where I was like, there's no stop. Like, it was so fast that it happened, but luckily they ran and just, I just sort of missed them. Oh. 
into the world of getting into a child who <laughs> didn't come home and see her. Um, but yeah. That was a fun thing, roller skating Christmas while being in a shopping centre. <laughs> that was one of those moments where you're like, <laughs> those are my choices. But it's fine. I once had a great, I once had a great. You turkey. That's <laughs> you were at Christmas. Right? Oh, Christmas, yeah. <laughs> um, I once had a great experience with uh, one of the, the street statue people. I was in Florence in Italy and I went to put some money in their little bowl or whatever it was. And then they sort of moved and, and put their hand out. Um, as And then they were, they started to like shake the hand. So I grabbed the hand to shake the hand. And then she like pulled me into her and like made me part of the statue. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> she like, she wouldn't move until someone else put some more money in. And it was really funny. And I, I you know, me being the sort of person I am, I fully got involved and I sort of became part of this little skit for a, a few minutes and it was really entertaining. But I just imagine if she'd have just done that to someone else that wasn't like me, they might have had like the fright of their lives. <laughs> I think that's that's part of the skill of with street theatre stuff is sort of looking at who is, who's, who's up for it. <laughs> yeah with clown any kind of interactive theater you're part of that thing that you're always thinking of like who's gonna be up for this who's who looks open who looks sort of ready and sometimes you make you get it wrong <laughs> i've once or twice been like oh that was not a wise choice <laughs> but on the whole you can you can see when people are sort of warm and open and, and yeah. friendly and sort of smiley you know when when people approach you and they're sort of like oh this looks great you can go they're gonna be up for it it's the ones that approach you a bit like <laughs> you're getting paid for this you're like yes yes i am because this is my job thank you <laughs> but yeah i remember <laughs> as a christmas tree and um i was i was down south so i i just be like put on me like little fake lancashire accent and i was like oh i'm from oldham because we're from up north and uh, <laughs> That was the whole joke of like, ha, 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 the North, the North Pole. And I came across some people, they were like, oh, where from up North? I was like, all right, where are you from? They were like, um, Rochdale. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, see through my terrible accent and be like, no, you're not. So I just had to be like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> like, be really, I was like, oh, no, don't want to insult anyone. But so random down south and that you would meet the people when you're trying to of course them from rochdale <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, well right i've just seen the time we're gonna have to bring this to a close i'm afraid yes. but <laughs> it's been uh great uh, great to chat uh, to chat with you so thank you very much for coming on just before we go do you have anything you want to advertise where people can connect with you or take classes with you or watch you perform um well on i'm I'm now I'm, this is that i'm really really terrible at obviously i'm becky.jiltapig um on instagram uh, <laughs> i've got an instagram in and i post on it <laughs> um i'm on the facebook but um it's just i will be anywhere anywhere the last workshop I did was at the improv house in chester um which is my friend duncan and my friend david they run every friday um in the northwest end acting school as well that that's sort of chest away um obviously things local we've got liverpool comedy improv they've got courses and there's a new school that's coming up called the atom improv 
um i'm trying to think of other people to plug and promote but they're <laughs> like my two main okay and the shindig's happening. You're doing the shindig, aren't you? Yes, You're yeah. Doing the shindig as well. Um, so that's going to be good. That's in person, isn't it? It's in person. Uh, they're flying a loaf upstairs the 26th of November. I can say that because this goes out before then, so it's fine. Yes, that's why I'm like, what's happening before? What can we plug? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're sort of main things. And I'll just be milling about as I do, being a gannet, putting myself <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Well, thank you so much to Becky for that really great chat. She's just so cool and calm and she's got a great insight into improv and talking to her about improv, I can see that she's just super passionate about it. And I particularly enjoy sort of uh, physical comedy and, and that side of humor so getting an opportunity to speak to someone as, as highly trained and superbly talented as Becky about an element of improv that I really love uh, was great and it was funny she was very apologetic for speaking so much and having so much to say and I was just like you don't apologize for having so much to say about something that we're interested in you know people listening to the show we're listening to find people's stories and to pick up nice little tidbits of information and I think yeah, the more you can say the better in these situations uh, which I guess leads me on to if you are thinking of coming on the show one day um, keep that in mind uh, don't be afraid to talk and really go into detail and answers because that's what we want to hear uh, so thank you very much for listening at the beginning of this I apologise for some uh, mic issues I was having on last week's episode and basically what happened was I've got this microphone which I use to record everything um, but it wasn't until I'd already sort of put last episode, the last episode together and put it all out and prepared it all it wasn't really until now I realised why I was having weird sound issues the, the interview itself was fine but the intro and the outro I was like that doesn't sound like it normally sounds and I can't get it to to sound as good as it normally does. And I've realized now, I simply had it selected to the wrong microphone. I don't know why, but it defaulted back to the laptop's microphone and not the lovely um, fancy microphone that I normally use for the show. Uh, so you may not have even noticed, um, but if you did notice and you thought last week, uh, oh, it doesn't sound quite as good as normal. I just thought I'd take this opportunity to explain why. So there we go. Uh, now then, let's get back to business. If you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We also have a Facebook page and that's really your first port of call for all things to do with the show. We post a trailer for the next episode every Thursday. We drop the new episode uh, on that page every Monday. There's a link to it on there. And any information uh, regarding the show will always put out on our Facebook page. So just search for the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast on Facebook. If you're a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make the arrangements as soon as possible. I am still super excited to get you on the show and hear your improv journey if you've never been on before. 
and I'm super excited to get you back on the show if you have been on before, but you've got uh, a topic in your mind that you'd like to come and talk about on the show, or maybe you've never been on to talk about yourself because some people, they're not uh, happy to talk about themselves, but maybe you are happy to come on and talk about a particular element of improv or a topic in improv so we don't have to delve into your life but we can just hear your take on something i'm super excited and keen uh, to to make that happen so if, you, if you're in that boat get in touch as well It'd be great to chat with you if you are listening on apple podcasts uh, i cannot stress the importance of subscribing to the show giving us a five-star review it's little things like that that really help to boost the show and get our name out there i say that all the time and i say it because it's true um, if you're interested in following me on social media, just search for Ian Luke Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. As always, I'm going to point you in the direction of my YouTube more than anything. Every Wednesday, I put out a humorous moment, which is just a little bit of silliness, me uh, telling a very quick one-liner. Uh, but check out, I've got lots of improv videos on there. I've got music videos. I've got little sort of holiday vlogs that I've done from the past. So hopefully there's something to pique your interest in one way, shape or form. Uh, and that pretty much brings me to the end of this week's episode. I've got some great guests uh, lined up uh, for the next uh, episode and beyond the next sort of, ep- the next few episodes I think I've got lined up some, some nice uh, some nice uh, guests for you that I think you're really going to enjoy. So do keep coming back to the show. If you've not listened to previous shows, maybe you're newer to the show. Always recommend go back to the beginning, or uh, and just just see what the show was like right at the start. See how we've evolved. I'm really proud of how the show has evolved. If you go back and listen to that first batch of interviews I did, um, I think we've come a long way since then. I, I'm still really proud of every episode. Um, but I love the evolution of the show and the style. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're newer to the show, go back and find older episodes um, because there's some really talented people that I have uh, interviewed and their stories are just sat there waiting to be heard by you. Now, I'm going to say goodbye, but before I go, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv, And yes, and...